Hey, before we get into the podcast today, I uh, just wanted to remind you that you can be a member of Cinema Sins at Patreon. Join the Sin Club, I think is uh, what we're saying now. Join the Sin Club. Uh, and there's lots of fun reasons to do that. Among them, the idea that you get even more bonus podcast amazingness every month, uh, both the Sincast podcast, as well as Behind the Sins podcast, talk about a certain topic picked by you, uh, one of the members, and uh, and that comes right into your own personalized podcast feed. Lots of other fun stuff comes with being a member of the Sin Club, so go check it out at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash cinemasins, and you can check out all, all the details there. And uh, I'm just so happy to hear somebody yelling out rightful rudder. It makes me hard. <laughs> um... <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hello, hello. And uh, from TV Sins and various things, Aaron Dicer. Hi, Dilly Ho, Cinerinos is uh is on here for uh, for a mini pod yeah of uh of greyhound uh the new tom hanks movie uh that is only on apple plus yeah that's a was, that's, supposed, was supposed to be a theatrical release in june and uh apple plus bought it for a pretty penny it's uh it's weird i had uh not heard of this although i i didn't pay much attention to the summer schedule before covid and everything so i i have told jonathan this many times i've had no idea what was supposed to come out and what <laughs> what was just what's just a streaming vod thing and whatever and this movie clearly i mean there, there was no way this was just like some you know hey we just kind of did this project let's come out with this on vod you know that, there's no way this movie was that uh but i didn't realize it was supposed to come out in june um uh, but, uh, anyway, um, it's on Apple plus I watched this on an iPhone. This is the first time I've ever watched a, uh, the, uh, a big movie release on an iPhone and you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the best way to experience a movie like this, but it wasn't bad. I was immersed. So, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, uh, we had like varying degrees of. I think we covered the gamut, didn't we? You watched it on your phone. Jonathan watched it on his computer, and I watched mm-hmm. it on my, you know, seventy-seven inch TV. So we like we kind of covered the gamut of experiencing <laughs> this, <laughs> which I think is is valid because people are going to be experiencing this in all those different ways. It's kind of the new normal, you know. So I, I just like that. That's the gamut, though. It's phone, computer, or seventy-seven. Right, <laughs> right, you can't right. have. You can't yeah. watch. Don't watch it on a forty-inch. Right, right. No, no, nobody's doing that. No, if you're doing that, yeah. watch it on a phone. Either right. your iPhone or a seventy-seven-inch TV. That's pretty <laughs> That's right. important. That's right. Uh, but um, yeah, um, uh, this um, this movie. Let's go. Let's go right into it. I, I think because I had no idea what this movie was about at all before I came mm-hmm. into it. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, man, I had no expectations, but this movie really got me excited. 
Like I was excited. I like to 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 uh, to get uh, in. Like I could get into some Barrett territory here, where it's like you know, like you know, this uh, this really uh, tweaked my nipples or something like that. <laughs> you know, um, you know the 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 movie is an hour and a half, and it's just full blown intensity on the high seas during World War Two. And uh, I'm just so happy to hear somebody yelling out "rightful rudder." It makes me hard. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> every time i hear that i'm like oh my god the, the action has, has has started um so um i was i i very much liked this movie i liked it i loved it so if i if i understand correctly this is this is based on a book called the good shepherd by uh, i think it's cs forrester so this isn't an actual event that happened but it's but it's based on events like it's based on events that happened, I guess, right? I like think it's how they're kind saying it. I think historical fiction. Yeah, I think how they're saying is it's based on a real situation, not and yeah. not necessarily like that these events happened, but boats did have to cross, you know, that expanse and not be protected by air cover, you know, for yeah. a certain amount of time. So that is a real situation that happened, and then everything inside this is fiction but it's kind of based on that historical accuracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should we, should we talk about that? I guess. So it's what it's about, I guess, for if anybody's listening to the non-spoiler part that hasn't seen it, it's uh, what Tom Hanks is. Uh, it's his first crossing, right? It's his first mm -hmm. like ship, right? Yep. And first uh, his character. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And he has to, poor dude has to leave Elizabeth's shoe to mm -hmm. go, uh, I know. to go do this. Hey, and how weird is that, by the way? I was thinking about that. Like Elizabeth Shue, like, you know, like Ralph Macchio's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and now she's Tom Hanks's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like 35 years later or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. Um, anyways, uh, so he's leading this ship across this territory. Uh, he's leading a convoy, right? And it's uh, I got the impression it was it was ships from different countries, right? Cause there was a, there was like a Greek ship and. Well, I, you, I think you're dealing with just, uh, you know, crossing the Atlantic that, you yeah. know, they're coming into contact with other merchant ships, different things like that. But oh, okay. his responsibility was for that American convoy. And then also two uh, British naval ships, I think were in that convoy as well. Right. Uh, coming back across. Yeah. And then there's these uh, the the German U-boats um, are kind of tracking them and um, uh, causing some problems. And then, it, yeah, it's just it's 90 minutes of them trying to evade, uh, evade these U-boats and also, uh, you know, attack the U-boats themselves, I guess. is and, kind of the you may simplest have way this. to put it. You may have said this and, and forgive me if I, if I missed it, but these boats are delivering supplies. Mm -hmm. to uh to the uh like to europe basically where yes they, they have uh i mean and it's i guess it's a wide variety of supplies it's ammunition it's food it's medical all that yeah um but uh but yeah uh the movie sort of starts off with uh with uh hanks talking to elizabeth shoe and and uh and uh, they're sort of on the verge of getting married and everything but he's going to do this um he's going to have his first command over this convoy and everything. And, and, uh, the first like 10 minutes or so you're like, okay, kind of easing into this. And then suddenly it's, <laughs> it's just nonstop after that. 
Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's like he gets uh, he gets served breakfast, and then he's about to he's about to reprimand a couple guys that got in a fight, and then all of a sudden it's just like shit hits the fan. And mm-hmm. They were arguing over Silver Surfer the again, like they always do. They're arguing uh, over the Silver yep. Surfer. That's the um, common naval argument. Yeah, uh, I want yep. I wanted yeah, to jump yeah, off. Quentin Tarantino uh, was brought in to write some of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I heard. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to jump off what you said, Chris, because uh, I had very similar feelings. Uh, this movie owned me in a lot of ways. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, as I'm watching, especially toward the end, I'm just thinking Chris is going to love this movie if for no other reason how authentically naval it feels. Like it just feels like, you know, Tom Hanks did his homework, right? You know, because he wrote this script too. And you know, he's mm-hmm. thinking about here's what they actually say, here's who they actually are. You just feel the authenticity of the transmissions of how it worked, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. it just, it felt so real. It just felt like you were really on the Greyhound. Yeah. Um, one, one way there's a lot of little nice tricks. I felt like they did in this where they made things really just on that, that they really ramped up the intensity. When you have somebody like the guy who's doing the sonar, uh, he's like, I have a contact bearing so on and so forth about halfway through what he says, the person relaying the message starts relaying his message and then gets about halfway through his, when there's another guy uh-huh. telling his, his message over and like, uh, and, and so like, there's none of this waiting. Like I have a bearing contact, blah, 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 blah. Okay, he says he has a bearing contact, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, he has a bearing contact. Oh, you know, it, right, it, yeah. it, it's like, it's like he starts saying it, then it goes straight to the radio, then it goes to the captain's ears. And like, uh, uh, it's, uh, it, they do stuff like that. And it's just nonstop, like this constant, like, and then, and then you start getting into the head of, of uh, Captain Krause in this whole thing. Like, what do you have to do next? What do you have to constantly be thinking about during this whole thing? Uh, because there's these U-boats, they can't really detect them in a normal manner. They're just kind of, Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're listening for like machinery and propellers and stuff like that underwater. And a lot of times they're not able to hear that, that type of thing. Uh, they'll, they'll hear a message from one of the ships saying we got a contact somewhere. And then they try to, they try to detect it and they can't really do it from their, their position. Uh, you have to think about that world war two technology, uh, back in the day too, like how, how thing, how, how the message isn't getting there as fast, but it's just constantly. Yeah, exactly what you were saying, Aaron. Like, you know, it's, it feels super authentic. Like you feel like you're like, this is exactly how it would go. Even, even authentic down to the moral decisions they're making the idea of, I have to decide, do I go save this ship or pull these people out of the water or do I go do this or do, and it's like, those are actual decisions that human beings had to make. Can you imagine having to make a decision about whose life is more valuable or which, you know, like, it's just like, I, I I am personally grateful. I've never had to be in that position and it's just i so seeing it in a movie like this brings it home to me the kind of those moral quandaries of you know human beings had to make those calls and man i just don't know how you do it yeah yeah uh and it all comes down to you've got your mission that you're that you're trying to um uh you got your mission but you also have you know a a sort of a you know I don't know. I, uh, I, I moral, a moral side to, to a lot of mm-hmm. things too. So like, but nothing trumps the mission. So you have to like, 
can I get away with doing this right now? And that's, mm -hmm. you know, you have to make these cold, cold decisions on these things. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. There's not much to spoil really, but, um, uh, I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, and give this one a full on a, um, this is, uh, I, I really wasn't expecting this much of a, a great movie. Actually. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to expect, but I didn't think it was going to be this. Wow. Uh, Jonathan, I don't feel like we've, we've heard any of kind of your thoughts on, on the movie I, at all. I, I liked it. I definitely don't think I'm on the same level that you two are um, because of the, because of the way this movie is told and the way it's done. I mean, you obviously don't get a lot of room for, uh, for characters and, you know, character depth and stuff like that, which is probably just something I, you know, when I go to a movie, I kind of prefer, but um, so I, do, I just don't know if this movie I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not on that level. I'm in the B territory. Um, so it's it's a very solid, good movie, in my opinion. Um, it moves very quickly. Obviously, it's only 90 minutes. I love these like real time uh, type scenarios. Um, I, you know, and obviously Hanks definitely did his homework because there is a there's a lot to take in to the point where I, I got confused and had to rewind and. <laughs> <laughs> make sure I, you know, make sure I was hearing things correctly, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it um, is okay. I love the look. I love the look of it. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, the water itself, like I've never seen in my mind, I've never seen water shot like that menacing, like that water just looked, I mean, I, I'm also kind of terrified of like the ocean and stuff. So that probably doesn't help, but like that water, like legit scared me. Like I can't even imagine, um, you know, if, you know, if anything happened to where you got thrown into there. Um, and it was just so expansive and, you know, there was just, you know, nothing for miles and just that kind of fear of isolation. They were out there on their own. Um, and then there's a few, there's a few moments that we can talk more about in spoilers, I guess, that really, that really hit me in the right way. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a B. I thought it was just, I thought it was a good movie. There's, there's nothing, you know, nothing really wrong with it, but uh, just didn't quite get to that love level. The uh, yeah, the spoiler section, I think, will be for kind of those moments in the movie mm -hmm. uh, that that you experience. But no, I'm actually kind of with you, Jonathan. Um, I'm, I'm at around an A minus uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, I think there are two ways this movie might miss you. Number one, like Jonathan said, it is very technical uh, and we kind of talked about the authenticity. And so uh, if that doesn't appeal to you, there is a lot of that here. So if you know, if you're not somebody who uh, you know, likes that kind of stuff, it, it could feel a little bit like, you know, reading an instruction manual <laughs> at times, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's that level of trying to keep up with the technical aspect of it. Um, that's not fair to the movie, in my opinion, just because it's, you know, it's much broader than that. And it's, it's mm -hmm. uh, adrenalizing uh, in a way that a manual isn't. But I think the more uh, salient point you made has to do with the character development. This movie is about one character. It really is. It's all about the Tom Hanks character. And I'm okay with that. That's why I love yeah. the movie. I love the movie for doing this, but it can make it feel a little bit shallow. I think, and especially if you're not connecting to that character, then it very much just becomes uh, informational. It becomes uh, very plot driven. It becomes very much about you know the actual action and events that are happening. Um, but I connected enough to what I think they were saying with that. Pri I say primary, pretty much only developed character in the movie. Um, you know, I connected enough to what they were doing with that that I still, you know, loved the movie. But I, I think that's another possible yeah. downfall is it's it's really focused in on 
the captain character um, to the exclusion of the crew. Um, and in fact, I heard uh, Tom Hanks uh, talking about this in an interview. Uh, he actually wanted to um, replicate the authenticity of how there were different um, crew members on different shifts. And at the end of the day, the the uh, studio or the notes process or the production process or, or whatever was like, no, we really kind of have to stay consistent with the same faces or the audience is really going to get confused about, mm -hmm. you know, why is this person doing the sonar during these hours and this person doing the sonar during these hours? So, um, so yeah, he was, he was really focused on the authenticity and the technical aspect of it uh, to, to the exclusion of necessarily the, the character aspect of it. Yeah. I think Hanks is great too. And I think one thing I love about his career, I rewatched uh, Dragnet the other day, which is from 1987. So this, it's like a very different era of Hanks where he's basically just doing comedies. And I remember watching that and thinking like, Oh yeah, I, I kind of missed this Hanks, but then you watch something like this and it's just really cool. Like just the, he, he knows his strengths better than I think any, just about any actor, um, you know, and he knows what, what he can do well. And, I, I just think I just I don't know. I find his career fascinating. And I, I I love that we've gotten all these different versions of him throughout the years. And I think oh, yeah. he's playing like with this and like Sully, uh, which I think is actually kind of an underrated movie. Um, or maybe people love that. I don't know. I really like it. Um, and even like Bridge of Spies and stuff like that. I just I, I just feel like he's picking the right vehicles for him. Um, and he always he he always makes the movie more interesting than even if it's not that good. He's always going to make it, you know a lot better just by him being there. And uh, this is definitely a good movie, but I, I, I think he's, I think he's excellent in this role. So uh, Hanks, I was uh, definitely on board with him. Hanks always has his, uh, always is leaving his girlfriend before, before marrying her. <laughs> isn't he? He's always doing that. Uh, well, you know, in, in Dragnet, he's just a slut. So, Oh you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, the, he did, he did that in Castaway. obviously sleepless in Seattle. He's away from his potential girlfriend mm -hmm. from, you know, 3000 miles away from his potential girlfriend in that movie. But I don't know if it's as prominent as his peeing is in movies. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it is, it is a feature that happens quite a bit. He leaves his, he leaves the girl he loves. And, uh, I well, the peeing thing was a cracked thing that I, I had read but uh yeah. this is this thing right here i was like god he does this a lot in movies doesn't he <laughs> um but uh let's go on to spoilers no spoilers most basic is kaiser luke's father is actually darth vader she's the sister and the daughter i'm reading the books there's not much um, but I, I do want to address this whole thing about the the character development because that's one thing that i was uh, noting during this whole thing. And I just realized like halfway through it that I was glad that they didn't do this. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's a point even like, I think, I think it would have been tremendously inconsistent if they kept showing him getting piles of food that he never ate. And then like for 10 minutes went down into the hall somewhere and found, some guy to start talking about his feelings and like what he needs to do when he gets back and like, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, he dies in one of the attacks or whatever. Um, the, the, I, if, if they had spent time on that, then you would have never gotten the movie could still be intense, obviously. I mean, it could still be a crimson tide or a hunt for October or something like that. But like, um, 
I felt like this movie just wanted to, as soon as the intensity was ramped up, it didn't want to uh, release that because the whole time this guy can't even eat. Um, and, uh, and, and every time he's considering eating, he's like, but you can see it on his face, but what happens if something happens, <laughs> you know, yeah. like what do I, I mean, if I'm going to, if I start eating, then those are precious seconds. I may not get back if I need to run back up to the, to the deck and everything. So I was actually glad that it wasn't like that. I think we could have maybe gotten into a couple of characters or some, there's some, familiar actors i've seen before uh the guy who plays the sonar guy he's in that uh is it that love movie the um gaspar noe's love um mm. oh maybe he's in a lot of stuff um let me see if i can find him but uh anyway um but yeah there's there's a few people that you might recognize and you might say eh, all right i'd like to i'd like to learn more but i I just found myself just caught up in the action of everything. If there was anything about the action that I, I, I wish it had done more of there. It's, it's the, it's the final attack where they're like, where they show the, you know, they'll show a missile getting sh uh, shot and another missile getting shot. And Hanks has to figure out how to maneuver the boat in between the two, uh, the two uh, rockets or whatever. Uh, and when he says right full rudder or left full rudder, we see what the ship does mm -hmm. at the time and everything. The, the only time it really ever does that is in that final action scene. Everything else is kind of like, you know, okay, well, I can assume he's turning right when he says that, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of uh, naval terms that I've never understood what they mean and everything. And you, I, I guess I got to go and find a glossary of, of them at some point. But you know, when, when somebody says rightful rudder and then like, uh, then they're like, do this. And it's like, that seems to contradict the rightful rudder that, <laughs> that I just heard. Uh, you know, maybe it doesn't, but like, uh, I, I couldn't picture it, but when they did that, that last big one where he's like maneuvering that ship through the, through the, uh, the, uh, the nuclear, well, not the nuclear, but the, the torpedoes, the torpedoes. I'm trying to find the right word because people get pissed off <laughs> when you say rockets <laughs> or missiles or torpedoes and it's the wrong one. Um, yeah, he's trying to avoid the torpedoes. You see it on screen and they have these wide shots, these beautiful wide shots of, of you, you can actually see the trail of the torpedo in the water. Yeah, that was and, fun. And uh, and you can see the ship and you can see him, his perspective as he sees like one barely miss. And then he knows that there's another one coming another way. And he's like, okay, now I've got to do it this way. Uh, now that that one's gone, you know, and stuff like that. So I love that type of stuff. I will say I found that I, I, I forgot to mention that when I was talking about the shooting of the movie, I love that effect, like whatever they use to do that, which I'm sure is just computers, but um. I found that a lot more not to, I mean, not to knock other older submarine movies that I, submarine thrillers that I love, like Does Boat or Hunt for Red October. But mm -hmm. I found that more effective than the underwater shot of the torpedo. And then it cuts back to the ship and then it cuts back to the torpedo. I just thought that was cool. Plus mm -hmm. that worked with the way the movie was moved. Cause the movie was just, you know, the way the movie uh, chose to tell its story where everything was very quickly moving and progressing uh, you know, if they had been doing a bunch of cutbacks, it, it, I don't think it would have worked um, as well. And I do think I think Aaron said better what I meant to say, like as far I, the movie is not trying to develop characters. And um, 
So that's some, so that's fine. I, I think, I think the technical aspect of it is what bogged me down at times. Mm. Uh, but I will say because of this movie, I probably learned a lot more about uh, that type of situation than I would have ever known because it kind of, it kind of encouraged me to like look up things like you were talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. But even though there's not strictly character development, there are these really good character moments. I think the food is a really cool, like uh, ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you get, you got to get to know the the character of the, of the cook mm-hmm. or the, I don't know if he's the cook, but he's, um, he's the one serving him the food. Yeah. Yeah. He's the uh, head chef Stevens? or whatever. Yeah. I don't, Stevens, I, I don't Cleveland, remember. Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland. That's right. Um, and then eventually, so you, you don't see the, and I think this is really effective too. He gets killed later and you don't mm-hmm. see it. You, you just find Tom Hanks. Here's about, it. and I think, isn't the way they show it is that a different person brings some food. Yes. I think that's how he finds yeah. out. Yeah. And he, he calls him Cleveland at one point. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, I'm whoever it pits. Pits. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I thought that was really, I thought that was really effective and it, you know, it actually kind of got me like, Oh oh no, not Cleveland. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) This guy I've seen twice. Yeah. Uh, but he was trying so hard to get, get him to eat. It's very very effective. I I really had a lot of respect for the way this movie is made. You can tell some choices were made with what they were Mm -hmm. doing. For instance, it's very much a bottle episode. We don't leave the Greyhound. Uh, you know, it's not like we hop onto even other ships in the convoy at all, or into the you know the German U-boats. We are on the Greyhound for this entire movie, and when we're not, we're above it, right? Like we're we're taken to look from above. At one point, we go up beyond the clouds to see the beautiful Aurora Borealis, or whatever it would be, you know, above the clouds while mm-hmm. the war is happening beneath, making you know these thematic statements. Uh, with the camera but for the most part we are with tom hanks and even 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 not just with the greyhound but with uh captain kraus and those moments there are moments where i think we're with the sonar and captain kraus isn't necessarily in the room but they are moments of things that he's learning you know so we are we are in his mind even when we're not in his presence and it's very effective and the director is aaron schneider i guess Mm -hmm. who has done basically one other movie uh, which was Get Low, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't. I I found it very impressive. I found the writing very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tom Hanks is dealing very much with the idea. This is almost in some ways a love letter to Middle America in some ways. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of religion. There's a lot of praying. There's a lot of mm-hmm. kind of that stoic, just do your job. You know, kind of even at you know when trauma is going on around you, you just put your you know your nose down and get it done kind of work ethic kind of stuff. Uh, It's very intentionally about, you know, showing his bloody feet at the end and the idea that he's been going through this pain all day, but just hasn't even mentioned it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very much about kind of that doing the job it takes to get it done and not complaining about it kind of aesthetic. And those themes are just, you know, littered throughout this. That's a a get low, by the way, is an excellent movie. It's a a Robert Duvall film. Mm -hmm. Um, it's high recommend, but go ahead. Sorry. Uh, by the way, that was uh, Carl Glussman, who's in love, Gaspar Noe's love. He's mm-hmm. also in Nocturnal Animals. He's in Devs. He's, uh, oh, he's yeah. the, uh, the boyfriend at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, but anyway, the, the, you know, here's the thing. I don't think I've talked about this much on the podcast, but um, there is something about when you were, you know, Aaron, you were talking about how it stayed on the Greyhound the whole time. There is something about seeing 
tragedy from afar that I find way more effective than say the bomb coming off of the plane in Pearl Harbor straight down. Mm -hmm. Right. There is something I've always found more, I don't know, more intense about that because I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I've been trained that way. If you think about news uh, programs that you've ever seen in your life where some horrible tragedy happened and they just show this ominous house in the background and you're like, oh my God, a whole bunch of tragedies just happened there. And you mm-hmm. just let your mind wander about it and everything. I don't know if it's that or if it's just the fact that the that there is this unseen killer that's out there and and you know that that torpedo that blew up that ship that's out in the water could be anywhere right now um mm-hmm. and uh and there's something about that i've never found that like you know like that a lesser movie certainly would have gotten footage on another ship as it got blown up and they would have had their big you know like moment to show on a trailer but uh, in this, the when as as we see everything Hanks is seeing on this thing, uh, just seeing a ship qu- sort of just blow up off in the distance is way more effective. Every time they sh- somebody shoots a distress missile, too, is another like big like moment in these movies, mm-hmm. and it happens enough where you're like, oh my god, you, you have to be like on your toes constantly in this thing. Um, and uh, so there was something very effective about that too, keeping it on the Greyhound and not changing locations all over the place was another big plus for this. Yeah. And I also liked um, you were talking about the explosion in the distance. I don't know if this was the scene you were talking about, but this was probably my favorite scene was when he had to choose between rescuing the people in the water mm-hmm. or immediately going to the aid of the the ship asking for his assistance. And he chooses to get the people in the water first, which ends up only being not, not that this shouldn't matter, but it only ends up being four people. Mm -hmm. And then you see the ship blow up. So probably quite a few more than four people die on that ship that blows up that he didn't go rescue or didn't go aid. So, um, you know, you see, you kind of see like those decisions that are having to be made, like you and Aaron, you know, were talking about earlier, um, you know, up front and close. And there's even, you know, you've got that whole bit too, where, uh, the, I don't know what his actual job is on the ship, but he's the one that's, uh, he figures out, or is this the guy you were talking about from love? The one that figures out that they were decoys. Yeah. I can't remember if he, if he's the one, there's another guy on there who, oh, okay. who, who know, who says I was on a ship before that did that dealt with these before. And I should have known it. Uh, just by, I guess by the sound yeah. that it made or whatever. And he was, yeah. really, that's another thing about this movie. Um, is just the fact that you are going to make mistakes. There's a, it is a t- tendency in an action movie to have somebody like Hanks or, or the crew or somebody like that to be perfect in everything that they do. And they're so perfect that, aha, you know, this bad guys thought they could get it over on these guys, but haha, these guys are too smart for them. There are mistakes made in this, but they're not mm-hmm. looked at as, oh God, what a, asshole for making a mistake it's more like well that's the type of thing that's going to happen at times you know it's you know you, you know you're not judged based on mistakes if you i mean obviously if you got sunk or if you did did it was a complete disaster out there, there are then you would be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but he it, i think i think you get sort of points 
uh, as a as a respect points by not turning it into a disaster by mm-hmm. doing enough of the right thing to the point that hey you know you know th- some people died he caught he probably could have done this or that but when you're out there you don't know what the right decision is going to be all the time it's kind of the thing that you're talking about with you know you brought up sully which uh was the thing that you know that at the end all that stuff that didn't really happen in real life yeah. but was still fun to go through uh people who like to criticize what he did what sully did and everything weren't like the all the flight simulator people knew exactly what had happened like knew yeah. every detail and it's like well what if you didn't know this and what if you didn't know that then how would you react and of course nobody yeah. could pass the simulation once they didn't know these other things uh it's the same thing out there and that's what I, that's what i liked it's like he you, you kind of own up to your mistakes and you try not to make it a disaster yeah this is a, yeah, this I, is a uh this is a commander who is leading in humility in a lot of ways, which I really love because you don't often see that with your hero. Like you said, they're more kind of invincible, you know, uh, there's, you know, there's a masculinity to them. And this is somebody who, when, you know, a, a crewman is struggling, just says, remember your training boy, you know, like, or, or whatever he says in that moment, which I thought was beautiful. And then in another moment, his, his crew is celebrating the death of this sub and just be like, yeah, kill the crowds or, you know, whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, we got 273 of them. And he just simply states like 273 souls, you know, like, and you can yeah. tell there's an element of in him, that humility of don't forget those are human beings too, mm-hmm. but he's not judging them for celebrating. He's not like, you know, doing the big speech and coming down on them that we're used to in movies. It's just a very simple statement that says everything. And I think that's kind of really the interesting uniqueness of this character is it's not the same time of type of leadership we're used to seeing in these kind of movies. It is very uh, non-judgmental, subdued. It's not speechifying. It's just doing your job. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really like that. I really like that. One one thing I was confused about, though, I did have a question about one thing. If I don't know if you guys will know the answer to this, but when the one ship that's sinking has to request permission to abandon ship, I assume that meant they were getting like on lifeboats or something. Um, but yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. And then he's just kind of like, you know, you know, uh, you know, good luck or whatever. But I'm sitting there thinking, but aren't they still in the convoy? Kind of like, I mean, they're not like, how are they not in danger still? Oh, they're still or would the U-boat not pick them up or something? Because well, I don't they're think so the, small. I don't think the yeah, I don't think the U-boat's going to worry about them. They're still in danger. Obviously, they need to find yeah. you know something better than lifeboats to get you know to yeah. get on. So, but I think that's kind of the point is there's so much going on. Yeah, that, you know that there's this this request to abandon ship, and it's just like yes, go ahead. But I've got other fish to fry, you know, right yeah. now, kind of thing. And uh, and then you know the other thing is that a lot of these ships can't pick up these uh these people either because they Mm -hmm. just don't have the room and that was one of the things that they were talking about with uh after they saved the three people from that one ship um of course they lose three of their own uh like somewhere around that same time and everything and they have they dump those three guys out into the water Mm -hmm. and give them the burial and all that but then there's another i think there's another discussion as to whether or not they're going to put other people on the, on the boat. And they're like, mm-hmm. we just, we just don't have the room. There's nothing, nowhere to put them. Uh, especially after we just took in three uh, and everything. So that did come up, but I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't quite uh, hear which I don't remember the situation. The yeah. I might've might just, I think I just missed that one little conversation because there's so many conversations going on. Yes, uh, there are. 
that might have been one I missed. Also, I had a question too. Did you guys? So I, I like that they didn't show the Germans and or the U boat personnel and stuff. I mean, that was per- perfectly fine. I thought that made it more menacing. What did you guys think about the uh, the radio broadcast though? It was a little much. It, yeah, I think it was. I think it's it was probably my least favorite part of the yeah. movie, actually. I thought um, the first time it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of chilling. But then they do it again. Mm, <laughs> it, it's, like, it's one of those it's one of those things where we know they're the villain. We don't need to hear a cackling mm-hmm. person over the radio uh, sort of, uh, you know, taunting them and everything. We don't need well, to doing hear any full on wolf calls. You know? Yeah, yeah, we we definitely <laughs> didn't need that. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's it's sort of that whole like, you know, you really want these people to die. I get it; they want you to get on it, but I think the attacks themselves uh, are what gets you into that moment. Yeah, and good God, man, it's been a while since I've actually like physically reacted to movies, but when they do get them, I actually like pump my fist. I like I don't do that shit. <laughs> I just don't imagine do watching that. this on a 77 inch screen. I know, I know. <laughs> I will later tonight when Aaron's not at home, but uh, Aaron. <laughs> he's asleep. I mean, you're going to shoot down to Missouri. Yeah, I'm going to just drive down to Missouri and uh, feel free, break man. In, you're welcome. Break in, watch it, and then and then go back out. I'm like, why is there broken glass? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, now, somebody really break into Aaron's house tonight. Oh my God, like, that would be the worst. <laughs> well, just so anybody. <laughs> Potential intruders, though we do have cameras on all the doors. So, oh, you know. good, good. <laughs> Somebody who looks suspiciously like Chris came in, though. I mean, dude, I was here. I swear. Just watching Greyhound and masturbating on our couch. I don't know what. <laughs> Look, dude. <laughs> this is the way. That's the how I roll. Actually, yeah. No, you, um, you talk about the the action in this movie. I did want to mention a couple things because it did a couple things I don't think I'd seen so clearly before. Uh, one is the artillery. I felt like I mm. felt the artillery mm. in this in a way I, I haven't felt it before in a movie. The idea of when the friendly fire uh, you know, yeah. kind of runs through their ship was incredible. Uh, the bullet that skipped off the water. Yeah. And, you know, I I've just, never like, seen that. Yeah. Never. Yeah. That, so, and you know that's something that somebody has probably talked about before. Mm-hmm. But nobody's ever like tried to put it in a movie before and then and right. finally we have something like that because i i don't and, and you know i haven't looked into it i'm sure it has happened but um but it was really cool to see that on screen it was really cool so there are a lot yeah, of- did you and did you say the torpedo bouncing off the ship too they had or they just missed it yeah i didn't mention that but there are a lot of yeah. those moments like that where you know like the torpedo you know just kind of nudging off the ship or where they had to you know watch a ship go past them and is it going to clear is it going to clear oh yeah. it doesn't yeah. quite clear but it does clear you know like that kind of stuff in this movie i just found uh again just so authentic it just felt so real well and i don't think it's something we just haven't seen it before like most of these movies are like you know chris was saying it's just more of a person it's i mean i I mean part of what chris was saying but it's just more of a i don't know it's just more of a wide kind of thing it's more broadened where everything Mm -hmm. is kind of far apart and you know, we're looking at individuals doing into it, you know, doing certain things. And this was just like chaos, you know, 90 minutes of chaos, basically, or I guess 80 minutes by the time everything gets rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the sub exciting. I the like subs sneaking in under their fire, you know, like oh, being yeah. close enough to them that they couldn't, you know, get their guns trained on them. Yeah. That kind of stuff was just really cool. 
Yeah, the, to, to think about something like that. Because most of the time we're thinking that the combatants are always uh, in range to shoot each other and, and everything. But they talk about minimum distances in here when it comes mm-hmm. to like sonar and everything like that. And then they and then here, yeah, there's a point where they're shooting at them, but they can't angle the gun far enough down to hit them anymore. Um, the, uh, the other thing, too, I like is... They, they, there is a, there is sort of a last, uh, there's a, you know, a last resort, uh, moment in here. Everybody is uh, running out of fuel. Um, they don't have enough, uh, they don't have enough fuel to, uh, they have enough fuel to make the trip, but not with U-boats always, uh, uh, running around and everything. They're 24 to 36 hours away from the point where air air uh, defense comes in and um and and you know he doesn't want to do it but and, and i think he i think in a way you're almost like you feel like you're admitting failure when you call in help and everything it's like is there a way that i can take these boats somewhere in a short amount of time and you guys can come out and help us mm-hmm. uh is another great moment in this movie for me uh it, you know because you know that most of the time when we follow the one man and only one man can do this, mm-hmm. um, they, they figure some other weird thing out that, you know, we're just going to have to hunt them down. That's just the way it's going to have to be because we can't survive this, but he calls in the help and, uh, and you know, it, it a 24 hour <laughs> trip, it takes about three hours to get to a spot where he needs to. I was just thinking like when the U boat, emerts emer- like comes up you know tom hanks like jumps on it or something yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah yeah and and runs into the to, and, and like somehow like pries open the door and like goes down there with his little pea shooter and starts blasting yeah. away but yeah. there are there are a lot of cool like little conversations like this that i mean you know just from i mean just when you when you think about them afterwards it's really cool like they're so effective but like yeah he's talking to the guy and he's just like you know a I mean, I guess they didn't want to ask for help. B, they don't want the Germans to know they're or the U-boats to know that they're in that dire of straits. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they're going through that whole thing. Like, well, we don't need to say urgently because that help is urgent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, then we can just say help. You know, it's just like that. It's just a really cool little moment. Well, um, yeah. And not only that most of these movies wouldn't have. Right. And not only not only the fact that use the correct terminology, but short enough that they can't pick yeah. up the message. Yeah. Uh, st- stuff that I I never have thought of before. There are so many things in this movie I've never seen before or heard before. That is that is a mark of a good movie to me. Um, so you know that it's great. I I love it. I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> yeah, I I really I mean I can't like I I it you know it just it just felt like a B. I don't know how else. Is, I mean, like, I can't quite. Look, I mean, Jonathan, you're wrong. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> take the L. I know. Um, <laughs> Terrible for somebody just to like a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. If you just like this movie, do you really like movies? If you only like this movie. <laughs> also, I've noticed on Twitter a lot of people like a lot of in, in like some of these reviews I skim. People are calling this a dad movie. Does that term bother you, Aaron? That irritates the crap out of me when people say dad movie. Okay, so I've thought a lot about this this week, too, because uh, primarily this is coming from uh, the website The Ringer, uh, which I do listen to some of their podcasts and read mm-hmm. a lot of their their articles. And they did a huge thing on, you know, like the best dad movies, and they're talking about it in their podcast and that kind of stuff. 
Um, and then also, I think the Slash Film Cast uh, also had a conversation about. So it is. It's definitely in the air right now. So I've been thinking about it. Uh, it gotcha. doesn't. It doesn't offend me. I get what people are saying, um, but there is an element of dismissiveness to it that I think feels a little yeah. icky. You know, there's an element yeah. of like, oh, dads who don't really understand plot and you know intricacies and you know they, they just want you know action and heroes and and i'm just like well I, you know I, I don't i don't know that it's but, that simple you know? but also how much are you and i thinking about world war ii like at this point wouldn't this be a granddad movie i mean <laughs> well, first off like i think it's incorrect well. i mean i don't think that when they bring that <laughs> that up you know that they're thinking of, they're yeah. you're, you're they're thinking about the setting it's just the it's what happens no the- i know i know uh but, but it- but yeah, there there used to be a thing on TBS called uh, Movies for Guys Who Like Movies mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was always yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Rambo and, you know, Cobra and all these movies that, you know, uh, you know, it, 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 they were always like a Friday or Saturday night that they would play them and everything. Uh, this movie isn't as dumb as those movies are, I mean, <laughs> but but uh, I can see what they're saying. It's 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 hey. it's all about you know, ooh, look at that, the technical aspects of a, of a ship and and all that. It's like sure, I sure can't wait to watch this without my wife. You know that type of. Thing. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just some people like just, you know, haven't just added. It's like like I read a review on IndieWire that mentioned it. It was very much in the negative connotation, like they were making fun of. It's kind of like how like hair metal, like kind of pisses off a lot of fans and a lot of the bands. It pisses off because it definitely even if it started off as more of a fun thing or actually it started off very negative. It kind of turned into a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's not a big deal. I just, I don't know. It just every time I hear that, I just feel like it's like people are just dismissing the movie. Uh, yeah, there's immediately. yeah. Well, and of course you've got other connotations like dad jokes or dad this yeah. or dad that, and so there there is kind of an element of lowest common denominator to it mm-hmm. that is a little bit dismissive. But I, I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean to 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 just dismiss this as one little like a like a a particular subgenre of of. Uh, like a an audience uh like an like an only a particular audience can like this is is kind of stupid to me um i mean it's it's not um it's just it's not a dumb movie that's the thing like if it were mm-hmm. dumb like i could see like you could say well this is a dad movie you know dad just wants to have like something. midway right like the movie, <laughs> yeah midway that just came out exactly that would be that would be more along the lines of what they're saying mm-hmm. there and it always seems like to me at this point, we're just trying to find some sort of uh, fun angle, quote unquote, to write our our think pieces on and everything. And this does not qualify as any particular to me doesn't qualify as only a subset of of human being can enjoy this movie. Well, you literally, know? literally this movie, uh, Hunt for Red October, Das Boot, uh, they're literally a subgenre uh, mm-hmm. of movies. So, so yeah. Yeah, Sub exactly. They genre. they literally are. U five seven one. Yeah, yeah. Dad and minute, jokes. And, and, and one and dad jokes. And earlier you called this shallow. So I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of things right. that, yeah. uh, about this. So. All right. So, um, what did you guys think about this movie? Go to Sincast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. We're also on Cinema Sins Twitter. Music video Sins Twitter. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and we're on Discord. And if you want to get on Discord. You can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side, or you can go to the Facebook and uh, message me privately, and I can give you a link there. Uh, where can people find you, fine fellows? 
Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Sam Loomis 13. And uh, Aaron and I, along with Danae Hughes, we do a little podcast every week called Behind the Sins mm-hmm. that you can check out every yeah, Thursday. If you love the uh, the Sins content and want to see kind of what goes on uh, behind the scenes, uh, yeah, check out Behind the Sins. Uh, we release that every week, and uh, uh, you can check out uh, all that fun stuff. All right, uh, that'll do it for this mini pod. It's Chris Atkinson, Jonathan Watkins, and Aaron Dicer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Yeah, what what causes these weird, like, you know, like changes whenever you do anything? Like, that's the weird, there's some sort of setting that you've got. That's the problem with computers, right? Is that you have a setting somewhere that does something like that. Like if this happens, this is what we're going to do, but you don't know where the fuck that is to change Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Digital things change. I had, uh, I was watching, in fact, while I was watching Greyhound last week uh, on my uh, system down here with the sound bar and the surround, for whatever reason, I paused it. I went to the restroom or whatever, came back and unpaused it, and it was in stereo instead of 5.1. <clears throat> and I'm just messing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like the soundbar says everything's right. It was just like for whatever reason, the you know the streaming software was like, no, nah, we're going to send it in mm-hmm. stereo now or whatever. I'm just like, all right, fine, <laughs> yeah. whatever. That'd be really funny if we did Old Guard first and then had Barrett on. Like, hey, let's do Greyhound, <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, just want to talk about Greyhound now. Like, was I supposed to watch Greyhound? Yeah, man. Wait, didn't he say he? Didn't he say he hated it, or was he talking about? Uh, Old he Guard? said he hated Old Guard. Oh, Old I Guard. thought he was talking about Which, Greyhound. He didn't need to even say that. Whenever Barrett says, "I've got shit to say about that," oh, okay, that all means right. he hates That's it. Yeah. There's never, it. never yeah, there's, yeah, there's never been. Like, <laughs> yeah, the last time he did that was with Uncut Gems. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. By right. the way, re- recently also rewatched Cobra. Totally holds up. <laughs> not saying it's not dumb, but it totally holds up. You joke, but I I was thinking of um you know maybe maybe I should save this for the other review that we're doing today. Mm-hmm. But um no, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and tell you there there are movies that are dumb that I just enjoy. I rewatched Real Steel yesterday. Real Steel is a dumb movie. Like that yeah. movie is cinnable as all get out. Like it but is it's fun. dumb, but it is it's so fun. much fun. And it also kind of hits the emotions at times, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of sad. And we <laughs> yeah. and we did send that movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we did. Yeah. We send the shit out of it. Uh but um, uh yeah, no, but my favorite my favorite part in going back to Cobra, my favorite part in Cobra <laughs> is that um when Stallone gets like, like early on in the movie, he goes home and we're supposed to see like how cool of a guy he is. And he pulls out an old pizza and it's like, there's one slice of pizza in the box and he uses a fork and knife to cut off one. He uses actually, it's like a machete or something. He's got his fucking pocket. He uses it to cut off one little piece of pizza. And like, that's all he eats. (laughs) It's like never ending story when he's eating the takes a bite of the sandwich. And he's like, no, I got to save this. Was that the movie that was supposed to be Beverly Hills cop? And Uh, no. um, uh, Oh, wait, hold on a second. So, yeah, I think there. I think the Stallone script for Beverly Hills Cop. I think there are things that are in Cobra. I think that's right. Yeah, 
Maybe you're, maybe yeah, that's like, right. It was like Stallone was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop, and then stuff happened. So then they made it an Eddie Murphy vehicle, but then they still kept the script and like, let's yeah. turn this more into a Stallone thing. And they turned that into Cobra. But, and it's also, it's also based on a book called fair game, which was actually made into another movie with Cindy Crawford. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Stallone rewrote so much of the script and stuff and took away. He, he actually, he actually wanted uh, his name put on the book too. Mm, of course and the of course the author was like no uh <laughs> we're, we're not doing that 